0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Hey, church! Come on! Look at God, forever faithful. You <laughs> oh, want this one instead? Absolutely amazing! we're so thankful to welcome you to, for the very first time, the Word of Life next sir. Oh man! And if this is your first time uh, at a Word of Life Church campus, make sure you let us know that you're here. We want to give you a free gift. We're so honored and uh, privileged, honestly, uh, to have you worship with us. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to worship, we're going to celebrate, we're going to close in worship. uh, And we better get you out of here pretty quickly and make room for the next service coming up at 1130. Uh, So this is all um, amazing to me. Uh, Just uh, for fun, uh, I'll tell you a quick background. Story This morning, I was looking at my prayer journal from five years ago. Uh, so for those of you who may be new to church or uh, new to this church, you might not have heard me ever talk about this, but I like to keep prayer journals, like to record my prayers, like to see what I've been believing God for. And I also like to record what God may be speaking to me. Because how many of you know, prayers should be a dialogue and not just a monologue. Uh, it shouldn't just be me asking God what I, uh, about what I want. It should be him telling me what he wants too. Uh, and so out of that, I I went through kind of my prayer journal from five years ago. And you know what I realized when I was looking at that? Five years ago, I wrote five things I want to see God do in five years. So that was 2018. Today's 2023. Five things I wanted to see God do in five years. Now, at that time, the only thing that existed in Word of Life was phase one of Lakeland Drive. That's it. A sanctuary that's at a maximum of attendance, probably about 922 people. You know, you're running five services at it, a Saturday and then four Sunday mornings. And really, the only thing I had on there was, like, build phase two. Like, if in five years we can open up phase two. And then I wrote, like, if we could do, like, a pop-up church in Jackson. And then I wrote, you know, if we could expand our outreach a little, you know, all those types of things. Anyway, five years later, here's what God has done. He has built phase two. We have a campus in Madison this morning, uh, in Madison County, <laughs> that has over a thousand people who worship at it. We've got another campus that is right in the heart of Jackson in Fondren, and we are now opening our f- fourth physical campus, <laughs> Word of my Point next year. How many of you know God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think, he is faithful to every promise that he makes us, and, and I want to encourage you, like all that you 're seeing, all that you 're in today is not just the, the byproduct of like uh, a church coming to town. this is the byproduct of prophecy, this is a byproduct of prayer, this is a byproduct of sowing, this is a byproduct of obedience. The principles of the kingdom of God work when you work those principles. And I just want to encourage you to take your next step. Whatever your next step is in God, take that next step. And that's what I want to talk about today real quickly. But before I do, uh, I want to give honor where honor is due. And there's so many people who are responsible for for what happened here. Uh, I want to thank all of the staff who worked on this project. Uh, We had so many people. Uh, chip in and just do amazing work. Um, this room, it was an old Greek Orthodox church, so actually back there up in the, the balcony, uh, the choir would be up there and sing over the church, which is kind of cool. I thought, like, let's bring that back. I got vetoed. Um, but, but anyway, like, uh, this room was made where you didn't need, like, speakers and, and sound equipment and, like, for modern worship and that kind of thing. Uh, And so in in looking to do it, like we had to wrap this whole room with sound paneling. Uh, So you can see, like you see the panels here, but like the way that they did the paneling on the archways and everything else, just I couldn't ask for a greater level of excellence. Restoring all of the woodwork, all of the tile, all of the wood here, all of the wood there, Um, restoring all of the stained glass. And if you haven't seen it, there's two images of Jesus up here uh, on either side, restoring all of the stained glass coming through and repainting and refinishing. Uh, I could not ask for a better staff, and I just want to celebrate them. Can we give it up for the staff of Word of Life Church? <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then I want to give it up to all of our Dream Team members and Serve Team members who have come so faithfully and served this project. <laughs> For months and months, we have had people who have cleaned, torn out things, uh, put back in things, uh, laid tile, you know, rolled paint, all of those kinds of things. But uh, so much of our serve team and so much of our our, our volunteers had just shown the heart for Jesus and and to give more to a church than even a church could give to them and. I'm just so thankful to see that heart for, for not just this house, but that heart for the kingdom to come in and serve so liberally. Uh, and now I want to celebrate all of the, the seed members, members from other campuses who have joined this campus to make it work. Uh, we're so honored uh, to have you here. You're part of something wonderful. Um, I've got a buddy of mine who attends our church, who his family owns several gyms and that type of thing around the southeast. And out of that, I had him, they've got this software. I asked him, I'm like, how do you know where to put a gym? And he's like, well, we got this software. We plug in potential uh, addresses, and then it kicks out like all this data. And if it kicks a certain amount of data points, so we know, okay, a gym will work there. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I asked him, I'm like, could you plug in our church's addresses and like pull data on like all those sites? Of things. And so he said, sure. Uh, so I sent him all the addresses and he's typing it in. He pulls up all the data and he sends it to me. And I, I use this uh, even before it opened as one of our campuses because we knew it would open. Here's something that I found incredibly interesting. Did you know, did you know that within five miles of this campus, there are more people living than at any one of our other campuses? Now, that blew my mind. I'm like, because we've got, you know, Lakeland Drive, Fondren, Highland Colony, uh, you know, major areas in Jackson. There are more people, more people within five miles of this campus than any of our other campuses. And I just believe, like, God is doing a work right in the heart of Jackson. When you drive around here. You see remnants of what previous generations did for their, for our God. You see remnants of buildings and structures and steeples of what previous generations did for our God. They took ground. They established God's kingdom. But how many of you know, like Nehemiah, God is not done with Jackson. God is not done with these structures. God is not done with our city. God is not done with this place, and I believe what God is doing here is just. Uh, I, I heard. I had a stab memory. He said, "Yeah, I've been praying." And when I came into to, to the facility the other morning, he said, "When I was praying, I just had like a vision that, like, what God is doing spiritually here in this community, like the cup is full. The cup is full." And he said, "When this campus opens, I just see it. it's like that one drop of water that's going into a full cup that just makes God's goodness overwhelm everything." And I believe wholeheartedly that what we are a part of and what you are a part of, for those who are seed members here, is something that is changing Jackson from the inside out. We're going to do the work of the kingdom and every single school around here, every single neighborhood around here, every single apartment complex around here. We're going to show Jesus and not just tell people about Jesus. We're going to, to minister in, in however we can and whatever ways we can minister in um, and invite people to come into God's kingdom. And so I'm so humbled and so honored and privileged to have um, our seed team members uh, who have come and joined this campus. And it means the world to us and it means the world to this city. And last but not least, I want to thank Robert and Kim Berry. Robert and Kim, stand up. Come up here, come up here, come up here. So this is Reverend Robert and Kim Berry. They are our campus pastors here at this campus. And when I tell you, I I can't think of better people—not just for this campus, but better people in general. Um, I I not exaggerating. Um, these pastors um, are the epitome of people who know God, walk with God live with a prayerful spirit, operate with a heart of love. Um, they are anointed vessels. I can't wait to see what God is going to do uh, through them um, in the city and through them at this campus. And I just want to thank everybody who's come alongside them to be their Aaron and hers, to lift up their arms, and to, to give them the strength that they need to run their race here. Um, and truly, they have led exceptionally well, Uh, to get the seed members that they've already been able to get, to establish a presence within the community, to manage outreach while at the same time a building project. You could not do it with greater excellence, and you could not do it with a greater heart for the kingdom of God. And so uh, I want to honor you two, I want to celebrate you two, and I want to give thanks for the both of you. Uh, Now, this campus is just set up like all of our campuses, where at any time we can stream in from any campus that we may be at, and the screen can drop down and all those types of things, but Robert and Kim will be communicating a good bit, more so than any other campus uh, has live communicators, Um, and I just felt led to do that. One, because I see the ministerial ability that is within their hearts and their capacity, and then secondly, um, as we know, I say it all the time, word of life is not Joel's Ministries. Uh, This is not uh, me. This ministry is not me. I'm a part of this body, but this body has many different parts. Um, And so out of that, I'm not trying to make a name for myself. I'm not trying to put myself in every campus, on every screen, on every billboard. That's not my uh, goal or intention. My goal is to simply be obedient to what God has told me to do, and to place um, uh, authority all throughout our churches that we operate together with the spirit of unity and harmony. uh, Because I believe God is the blessed three in one. And out of that, that there is power when multiple things come together around unity. Um, And so out of that, um, you're going to see them minister a good bit here. Uh, Next week, uh, they'll lead the charge. And then Easter, we'll all come together for, uh, you know, Easter Sunday. Um, And then after that, anytime, we start a new series we'll probably stream in and then the rest of that we'll let them kind of carry out that series. I'll share some of my thoughts and share some of my notes and those kinds of things and we'll build that out. Uh, but we're so excited about this journey and we cannot wait to do it with you. Now next Sunday I want to make everyone mindful that we only have one service and that's the 10 o'clock and then we'll see from there if we need to add the eleven thirty. we can make that jump pretty quickly. Uh, so we'll just see how it all evens out uh, and we're we're people settle, uh, because you never know. Uh, We've got four places for people to settle at. Uh, So, but um, anyway, um, that's the plan going forward, but I wanted to celebrate them and give honor where honor is due. We love you, and we thank God for each and every one of you. You can be seen. Amen. And I I did this on Wednesday, but I also want to say thanks to Robert and Velma Berry, which is Robert Berry's uh, parents. They're on the front row here. And I love the, the lineages of faith. When you read scripture, you see like so-and-so begot so-and-so, and they begot so-and-so. And I know we always like skip over that. But to me, uh, especially when you see it kind of play out before you, uh, it really is a beautiful thing. And you see why it matters is their heart for the Lord and their, their, their heart for the kingdom of God, their heart for the city, their heart for this state, uh, their heart for church, Has now transferred to the next generation. And then I see Robert and Kim's children. You can see this legacy of faith that's just going from one generation to the next generation. Uh, And so we honor you, we celebrate you, we give thanks for your obedience, we give thanks for your prayer. I'm going to miss you at Lakeland, though. Um, I am, I I, seriously, I'm so jealous of, of Robert. I need Miss Valma on the front row. Uh, so Sunday nights, we still have Sunday nights. So, and when I come down here, but uh, so thankful uh, for that family and so thankful for what they mean to the kingdom and what they have meant to Word of Life Church. Uh, let's pray and we'll open up scripture here. Father, we love you. We honor you. We dedicate this facility unto you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that all things are possible to him that believes And Father, we thank you that each and every one of us can see miracles happen when our faith comes into your love and your power. And, Father, we thank you that we see miracles happen all around this facility, all around this campus. Father, we thank you that the seed that has been sown into this community over years, Father, over decades, Lord, Father, we thank you that you are watering that seed. Uh, And through this facility and through this renovation, you are watering that seed. But, Father, we thank you we will be the generation that sees a harvest in this community, that sees you do what only you can do with you giving the increase in this community. We proclaim this area belongs to Jesus. This city belongs to Jesus. These neighborhoods belong to Jesus. Father, we thank you that Jesus will be glorified and Jesus will be honored. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Uh, If you brought your Bible, open them up with me to the book of Psalms. And we're going to look at Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 23. Psalms 37 and verse number 23. This was not my message until this morning. um, And um, I'm excited about it. Psalms 37 and verse 23. The steps of a person are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurried uh, headlong. One translation says, when they fall, they will not be down forever. I like that. When they fall, how many of you know, not if, but when, we all fall, we all make mistakes, but when we fall, we will not be down forever. Because the Lord is the one who will hold your hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. All day long he is gracious and lends and his descendants are blessing. Verse 23, the steps, the steps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Um, I've seen God move in my life. And my prayer is that you've seen God move in yours too. But if you could have seen this facility before it looked like this, um, you would be in awe of the transformation that has happened here. This is a miracle. This is literally faith creating substance. This was held in our heart before now we hold it in our hand. This is the power of faith. Faith has the ability to create substance. Faith has the ability to make dreams come to life. Um, And one of my goals is to, to teach a generation how to live by faith, how to walk by faith, how to walk by what they sense in their heart. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain when there's not a cloud in the sky, and that's enough for me. Faith. Not walking by what we see, not wavering by what we see, but following the convictions of our heart. And watching that create substance. The steps of faith, the steps of a good man. We look at things like this, and when I look at like Word of Life, how it's evolved, and what God has done through it and in it. I can remember years ago being on Highway 18. I was a young pastor. Still am, but younger than I am. I've been pastor, younger than I am now. I've been pastoring for 20 years now. Uh, And out of that... I can remember sitting in Highway 18. This was long before Lakeland. We had bought the land, my father and mother had, but it had not been fleshed out. And I can remember sitting there and thinking, I want to do something in our city. Like, I don't want to ask the city to just come to me or to just sit back and passively, like, throw out an invite card and ask people to come to the kingdom of God, like, come to our church. And I saw immediately then like the success of our church would not be how many people we had in attendance. The success of our church would be the transformation of the city our church was in. And that if we were not a part of that transformation, what were we doing? Like you can draw a crowd, or you could, you know, increase ties and offerings and all that kind of thing. But if it's not making a difference in the thing that you're in, Jesus came about and made a difference. The blind walked away seeing. The lame went away walking. The people went away fed. Um, he made a difference in the community that they were in. And so I made a decision that we will never be a church to just simply ask a city to come to where we are. We will be a church that goes to the city with the kingdom. And so we hired um, a a man uh, who's one of the greatest men I have ever met, Reverend Tommy Brown. And I hired Tommy and I said, I want you to develop an outreach plan. I don't know what that looks like, but what I do know is I don't want just people like coming to our church. I want to go to where the people are at. And so we hired Tommy on for outreach, and we began to run outreaches all throughout Jackson. We just came and tried to do whatever we could. I literally told the lord i don 't know exactly what to do other than do what you said, which is do good." Uh, So I think so many times you're waiting on like specific instruction and God is like, how about you just do good? Uh, Like people are hungry, feed them. People are naked, clothe them. People are lonely, go visit them. Like you want a word, just do good. And somebody says, but it's not perfect. And there's so many needs. I know. But if everybody just did good, I think we'd get closer to perfection um, and closer to those things. How many of you know, we can't curse the darkness. We've got to be people who turn on light lights and let our light shine within our world, especially those who are carriers of the light. And so we just went around doing good. And we we would do things like go get uh, boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts and and go and knock on doors and ask people, do you want donuts? Looking back on it now, I realized we could have had a healthier option, you know, and all those types of things. (laughs) But it did work. People, people like let us in their homes (laughs) and all those kinds of things. So we would go in, give them donuts, and then just ask them, do you need prayer for anything? Uh, And we'd always feel bad when they said like diabetes or something like that. And we're like, we're so sorry. Uh, So, but out of this, uh, you know, we would, we would do this and just do good. Well, we were doing that more and more and more, just coming in and through the community, doing good, running outreaches, going into some of our parks all around here, evangelizing to the homeless, evangelizing to the needy, uh, just doing good wherever we could do good, doing good in the schools, those types of things, just taking a step. Everyone say a step. step. The steps of a good man, the steps of a good man, the steps of a good man, take your next step. Step. Uh, So we opened up Lakeland Drive, phase one, and like two weeks after opening, Tommy's showing me pictures of the latest outreach that we had done in the community, Um, and when he shows me that, I see a building over here, Um, and now we own that building, it's the first building we bought um, in the community, it's right down here, but I see this building, and as soon as I see it, the Lord speaks to me, he's like, I want you to buy that building, I want you to make it your outreach center. I'm like, what? Like, in my mind, have you, have you ever had God speak something to your heart that immediately your mind wrestled with? Like, just all this doubt came into my mind. I'm like, we just spent all this money on a building. The last thing I need is another building. Like, I'm wrestling with it, and, like, the whole time Tommy's trying to give me, like, the PowerPoint presentation of, like, all the outreaches. But all I'm doing is wrestling with the Spirit of God on the inside of me. And I'm like, we don't need another building right now. Like, let us get this building up and running And so anyway, uh, God's showing me my next step. And I'm arguing with him on the step because the step doesn't make any sense. The step sounds like it's gonna stretch me. The step sounds like it's gonna be too hard for me, but he's showing me the next step finally the last picture it's Tommy standing in front of this building right down here and he said here's here's why this is the last picture I think if we ever did something on a permanent basis in the city of Jackson this building would be perfect for us I didn't tell him that the Lord told me that like 60 pictures before Uh, but uh, I genuinely, I didn't say anything. I'm like, oh, now in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Like, I've got a witness, he's got a witness. I'm like, this is God, but I'm debating with him. But the Lord is showing me my next step, my next step. And so I get on the car and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm arguing with God, I'm getting in the car, driving home after work and I just tell the Lord, okay, Lord, I will do what you told me to do. I'll buy that building. I didn't know how much it cost. I I didn't know where the money would come from. I just knew I have a step and this is a step I need to take. Now, here's what you're going to see about God and steps. When you're faithful to take the next step that is in front of you, oftentimes God will get in that step. Do you remember back in 2 Kings, there's a prophet by the name of Elisha and a a famine entered into a a city and it got encircled, uh, the city of Samaria got encircled by some really bad people and they're not allowing any food in, they're not allowing anybody out, so they're starving out the city in the middle of a famine. This is a problem. And so outside of the city walls are two lepers and they're sitting there and they're dying and they're just sitting there dying. They're sitting there not enjoying their life, they're sitting there frustrated, they're sitting there tired tired. They're sitting there complaining. They're sitting there wishing God would do something. They're sitting there wondering how they got in this situation. How did I get in this predicament? They're sitting there wanting a better life. Sitting there. And they feel stuck. It's like we can't go in, uh, you know, because we're lepers. They'll kill us if we try to go in the city. And we can't go out. And so, you know, because the Assyrians are bad people and they'll kill us too. And so they're stuck. They feel like they're stuck. Until finally one turned to the other one and said, why sit here until we die? Why sit we here dying? Why sit we here unhappy? Why sit we here frustrated? Why sit we here complaining? Why sit we here with a mess? Why are we sitting here? Let's just get up and take a step. What is your next step? And they get up and just make a decision. You know what? We'll go to the Assyrians. They might not know we're lepers. They know when they're we're lepers. They might not know. And who knows? Maybe they'll be gracious to us. But you know what happened when they made a decision to take a step God got in that step and he made the Assyrians hear what sounded like an army approaching them. And they began to say among themselves, we think the children of Israel have hired an army against us. It sounded like hooves of horses and chariots all rushing towards them. And out of this, they left everything. They're like, we got to get out of here quick. So they didn't take their possessions. They didn't take their gold. They didn't take all the food that they had been hoarding. They left it all there because God got in the steps of lepers and he made the natural something supernatural. He made the natural something supernatural. The natural step that they were taking, God turned it into something that was supernatural. And they walk over there and they see all the spoil and they're just enjoying it. And they're like, I guess we got to go tell the other people. And so they come back and they tell the rest of the city and the city sure enough just sees the wonderful goodness of God. All because people decided to take steps. What's your next step for your life, for your family, for your health, for your spirituality? What's your next step? So I make a decision in the car that I'm taking a step. Okay, I'm going to buy it. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't even know how much it costs, but I know this is the next step. We'll do it. So I call uh, Tommy and I'm like, okay, find out how much the building uh, costs. And he's like, I already have. I'm like, oh gosh, uh, you really did hear from God. I'm uh, so out of this, he tells me the amount. I kid you not, the next day, the next day, within 24 hours, the next day, someone from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, not Jackson, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma said, I was listening to your podcast a couple of weeks ago. Sent us a letter. Listen to your podcast a couple of weeks ago. And in listening to the podcast, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to send this seed. And it was the exact amount that building costs. Come on, somebody. Because oftentimes we think we're waiting on God, but you know what? God is waiting on you to take your next step. And I don't know what that step may be. But you take that next step. So we did. We bought the building. We refurbished it. We brought it back to life and we began to run outreach out of there. Then we we came and we knew though, God has something more for us. We know God's not done. Because how many of you know, as long as you got breath in your lungs, there is a next step. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how good life is. There is always a next step. The just shall live by faith. God takes us from glory to glory and faith to faith. There's always a next step. Um, and so we're out here and we know, like, God has something more for us. And I would often sit up in the, the outreach building um, and I would look out over um, the, the field that's across from it. And there was a church there. And there was a church kind of across the way. It later got struck by lightning and they kind of rebuilt it and that kind of thing. But I would look at that church and I thought, man, maybe we could do church there. I'm like, nah, it's too small. It's, it's like the, the nursery rhyme where the, like the each bed was a little too small or a little too big, and I'd look over. I'm like, maybe we could do church there I'm like, nah, it's too big. And like for years, I know, like I'm called to do something here. I feel a church needs to come in this community. And for years, I kept looking for. Them. I'm like, well, maybe we're supposed to buy the field and build just right. You know, right there in the field, all those kinds of things. But I'm like, man, that'd be expensive and parking, all those kinds of things, just expensive. And so we're looking, looking, looking. Years pass, but I know there. There's another step. And me and Robert are in our car and we're driving by this facility. And when we drive by this facility, we're just talking and praying. I see it. And the Lord just like it quickens. Something quickens on the inside. A joy. Um, a peace. A knowing on the inside. I'm like, I think that would be perfect. I'm like, I don't know how. I didn't see this before because some things are hidden and waiting on you to take other steps. There's some things that God has for you that are remaining hidden. The veil is over it until you take other steps in other areas. Then it opens up to you. And it it just opened up. And I'm like, I literally have walked by that, driven by that hundreds of times, never noticed it, never seen it. And it's like, I saw it. I'm like, it's like a a groom seeing a bride. I like that that joy and that excitement of like, there's something there. And so I tell Robert, I'm like, I like that. And that's all I said, I like it. So we're in staff prayer a couple of weeks later and he's praying and the Lord deals with him, call the church, call, take your next step. Take your next step stop so he calls the church and the you know he's trying to find the number he finds it on facebook calls the church lady picks up and she's like uh hello he explains i'm robert barry i'm pastor at word of life we're looking to acquire facility in the area we saw your facility you know all those types of things she says are you an angel now if you know robert if there ever was somebody that you'd have to wonder is this an angel made manifest in the flesh like it could be robert uh, and so out of that, he's like, no, ma'am. And he explains, and she says, for three days, we've been fasting and praying about what to do with this facility, what to do with this room. She said, 10 years ago, when we came in this room, the Lord told us after 10 years, they would be a release. The word for the Lord for our, uh, us that, that year as a church was Release. The next month was 10 years to the day. They released the building to us, gave it to us, gave us the building gave us the building. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When you do what you can do, it opens up the door for God to do what only God can do. Take your next step. I don't know what your step is, but the good of the land is waiting on the willing and the obedient. Whatever you're, and um, there is no taking these steps without faith. Even when we got in this facility, it did not look like this. And so out of this, it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to take our next step. And so it's like, okay, we're going to start refurbishing it. And so we started just doing what we could do. And we couldn't do all this, but we did what we we could do. But when you take your step, God is entrusted then to take his step. And I'm sitting in my my office one day and I'm just praying. You know me, I don't like to take big pools for offerings. Oftentimes we forget uh, to just even do one Um, because I genuinely seek you and not money. I believe if we get you, God will get your money and then it'll go to the right places in the kingdom and expand it and that kind of thing. But anyway, we're here going through all those types of things, just praying and someone calls me out and he's like, hey, I was literally praying for this facility and the funds needed to do this. Um, But how many of you know God can operate, what time is it? God can operate out of your system. I don't have my clock. Uh, God can operate outside of your system. Do you remember the man laid at the pool of Bethesda? He's there for 38 years counting on a system to set him free. He saw there were certain people who seemed to get lucky working the system. The problem is, is the system was beyond their control. And it didn't work for everybody. In fact, he had been waiting on the system to work for him for 38 years. And for 38 years, the system worked for some, but it did not work for everyone. And in the middle of this, Jesus walks up. He knows the man's state, and he knows he's been here for 38 years. And so he asks him, he says, do you want to be well? And the guy begins to make excuses. I, I did a message on this years ago called lame excuses because he was lame <laughs> and he was making excuses as to, anyway. Uh, so out of that, He makes an excuse, like, here's why I can't do this. Here's why I can't take this step. And Jesus says, but do you want to get well? And he speaks words of life into him. This man jumps up, takes up his mat. I mean, he is healed from the inside out. It's a miracle. Now, here's the thing. What shocks me about that story is this is the Bible literally says that this porch that all these people were on waiting on the system for a miracle was covered with multitudes. And they just watch a man that they have seen for 38 years be healed and no one else pursues Jesus. And the only explanation that I have with that Is that their eyes were so fixed on the system and the pool that they missed Jesus, the miracle worker, right there in front of them. And in my life, in my world, I see pastors all the time look to a congregation. They look to, to business people. They look to offerings. They look to all these things of where money could come in. People do it with their jobs. People do it with a government. People do it with a politician. People do it with political programs. All this faith in systems. And thank God when you got a good system or a good person or a good congregation, thank God Like when there's good politicians and there's good things that work, some of these systems and things work better than others. But thank God when it actually does work to produce change for men and women. But how many of you know there is somebody who's greater than any politician, someone who is greater than any political party, someone who is greater than any type of system, someone greater than your job, greater than your ministry. His name is Jesus, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, So I'm sitting in my office and I'm praying and I'm like, this, this, you know, something, you know, needs to happen here financially for us to get done everything we want to get done here. My phone rings and it's a guy, I actually see him here in the audience, Tyler Gardner. Uh, And Tyler's got the like, um, he's got his hand in a lot of things, ministry, work, business, all these types of things. But he calls me, he's like, I think I need to see you. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, when, when do you think you need to set up an appointment, that type of thing? And he's like, well, I'm actually like driving by Lakeland right now. Are you there? And I'm like, yeah, I got like 10 minutes. And so he comes in and we sit he's like, I feel like I'm supposed to help you with something. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I don't know. I think you're supposed to tell me. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, and so I told him, I said, well, the thing I was just prayed about was like, we got this poindexter facility downtown and like, you know, we got a church there. We're supposed to. he's like, that's it. So he comes down here and he starts looking. Well, he does a lot of, of home storm repair, like when storms come in, working with insurance companies and things like this to like get new roofs and all these kinds of things. So he comes down here and he starts looking at all this. He's like, up, oh, this, is, this is why I'm here. So he starts looking at like all the damage that's been done because this building is old, old. Uh, and so out of that, there's been a lot of damage that's been done here while insurance has been had on it for years, like from roof to windows to all these things, you know, vandalism. Just all these things that have happened. Uh, And so out of that, uh, like he starts looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. Begins to work with the claims from the people who owned the church before. Not our insurance, their insurance. We hadn't paid any premiums to it. Like I don't know how this works at all. I don't want to know. Anyway... (laughs) Tyler starts doing all these things. We start getting checks. We got a check for $181,000. All this money starts coming in. How many of you know you still got a God who can give you vineyards you didn't plant, give you houses you didn't build? What do you do? You take your step, whatever your next step is. You don't sit back and feel sorry for yourself. You don't sit back and say, it's the next project. What are we going to do? When you walk out, you know what you'll see? You'll see an unfinished building. When you, when you saw Lakeland phase one, you know what you saw? You saw an unfinished building. You, you look at Highland Colony. When we got Highland Colony, it's unfinished. We had to refinish it. We had to repaint it on the outside. Did it happen all at once? No. No. But you know what I found? Everybody's waiting on Perfect. Do you know God showed you in Genesis, don't wait on perfect? He's like, you know what you should do today? Take a good step today. And you know what? After you take that step, sit back and be like, that's good work. And the next day, what do you do? Take another step. And the next day, what do you do? You take another step. And the next day, what do you do? You take another step. Until you where you look up and be like, now it is done. Now I see perfection. When you walk out, you'll see the outside still needs to be done. Just stick around. It'll get done. You'll see some landscaping that needs to get done. You'll see a children's church that's unfinished. You'll see some walls that need to be painted. You'll see some bathrooms that need to be updated. You'll see some things that need to happen. Why? Because we didn't want to wait on perfect to do a good step today. You take the step that is in front of you. And I don't know what your next step is, but I do know is everybody in here has a next step to take. Maybe your next step is forgiveness. Maybe your next step is giving. Maybe your next step is, is finally having time of prayer that God's been asking you to have. Maybe your next step is to take your eyes off the system and get your eyes on Jesus. Maybe your next step is to reconcile with your your father. Maybe your next step is is to forgive someone who hurt you. Maybe your next step is, is to get out of that relationship God's been trying to get you out of. I don't know what your next step is, but here's what I do know. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And when you take the step God has in front of you, God will get in your steps and do what only God can do. Amen. How many of you believe it today? Amen. Amen. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we love you. We honor you. Worship team, you can come back up. We'll close with worship. And Robert Berry closing us out. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. And Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus that each and every one of us will take our next steps. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I knew a man a number of years ago who royally messed up his life. I mean, he played the, the role of a fool and did everything that he knew not to do. And it cost him, cost him a lot, sent him even to prison. But even in prison, he realized he had a a next step and that step was repentance. To see the need for change, to stop blaming everybody else and to take ownership for his life and repent. He took that step. Then his next step after that was forgiveness. He knew he needed to forgive himself for bringing so much pain into his life and so much pain into the lives of others. But he took that step. I've seen God rebuild that man's life. He's out of prison now. He's one of my, my closest friends. I love him. I'm going to go on a vacation with him and his wife. God's rebuilt his family. God's rebuilt his ministry. God's rebuilt his career. God has rebuilt him. But he took that first step of repentance and then that next step of forgiveness if you're here today and this is all i'm going to ask you to do with every head bowed every eye closed if you're here today and you say pastor joel i need to take that step today i want to get right with jesus today i want to give my heart to my lord and my savior today i want to dedicate my life to him if that's you this is all i'm going to ask you to do every head bowed every eye closed would you just lift your hand to the lord today anybody in here hands going up see those hands god bless you anybody else see that hand see that hand see those hands Anybody else? I'll wait for you. God bless you. Amen. See those hands. Now, everybody here, let's just pray this for the first time as a church in this facility. Just say this prayer with me. Say, dear heavenly father, I thank you. My past is washed away. Jesus, you have forgiven me. I'm not my sin. I am not my failure. I am not my pain. Jesus, you've redeemed my life. And I thank you, Father. Because of your blood, I walk free from all of my shame, all of my guilt, all of my past. And I thank you, Father. I've been bought with a price. Jesus, you've forgiven me. Heavenly Father, You love me, so today I make a decision to love myself. My past is over, and Jesus, because of you, my best days are starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand to our feet today and worship the Lord.